Hello and welcome to episode 252 of RPG Fans Retro Encounter Podcast, and this is RPG Villains. That's right, we are bringing back this format for a fourth time. I'm Mike Salosi, and I'm joined here by three other Retro Encounter regulars, uh, starting with Hillary Andrew. Hello. And Joe Padilla. Yo. And making her triumphant return after a too-long hiatus, Lucy Gray. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's appropriate. Okay, Vincent wow. Price. Okay. That was impressive. Phew. There is a reason why I'm called the Sights Demon. <laughs> it's true, you are a lo- uh, social media demon, and but we are going to be talking about a different kind of monster for this podcast. And you might, uh, listener, you might have noticed that the title of this podcast is RPG Villains, the Persona 4 Killer, and that is for entirely spoiler reasons. The, the main antagonist of Persona 4 comes as a surprise most of the time. Yes, and don't be like me and accidentally use their name it, around people that don't know. Right. Oh, no. Okay, in in your def- in your defense, you live with that person, and they they have played a lot of RPGs. We're talking about uh, Mike Salvato here, and and he has had a full twelve years, or maybe eleven ish years, to play Persona Four. So this is, I'm entirely blaming him for this. I was at Magfest with him four or five years ago, and you didn't know where the song "Reach Out to the Truth" came from. I was oh, embarrassed for him. Okay, I did yeah. not know that part. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, that, this was a while ago, and like and like me and Caitlin were jumping up and down while Mike was just sort of sitting there looking side to side. Like uh, like John Travolta. But anyway, okay. okay. But anyway, listeners, this is called the Persona Four Killer. This is about the antagonist of Persona Four. The whole episode is we are going to break that person down and analyze them in a weird way, inspired by Shea Serrano's Villains podcast, which is worth listening to. But for spoiler reasons, it's not in the title. So you have five seconds before we spoil all of Persona Four for you. So hit that pause or skip button now if you don't want to be spoiled on most of Persona Four. So and it's Nanako. Uh, <laughs> the Persona Four Killer is Toru Adachi, or the junior detective who is the partner of uh, oh someone not important. Right, but we, we'll, we'll skip over that guy, right? Excuse I came me? on here. Excuse I came me. on here for one reason, and that's to support Lucy in all of her pursuits of Dojima. <laughs> yeah, um, he's by far her favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll talk about Detective Dojima a little, uh, Dojima a little bit. But this episode is mostly going to be about Adachi, or at least in large part, the yes, main villain yeah. of Persona 4. And so now that the spoiler cat's out of the bag, I'm going to spoil basically all of Persona 4 in like, eh, I don't know, five minutes. But before, let's talk, before that, let's talk about our personal experiences with Persona 4. Uh, I'll go first. I've said this on podcasts before. I thought Persona was bad and overrated for like ten years. I don't even like the word overrated, but I'll use it for this dark period of my life. Because I rented Persona 1, <laughs> thought it was bad. Rented Persona 2, thought it was confusing. Um, uh, uh, this was Eternal Punishment, and this was all in the early 2000s. So I avoided Persona for about a decade. Uh, multiple friends insisted I try Persona 3. I played it. I loved it. I, play, I bought Persona 4. I beat it four times in two years. Now it's one of my favorite games of all time. There is also a full Persona 4 episode on Retro Encounter from, oh, G- Jiminy Crickets, like 2016 or something. I'd have, to, I'd have to look that up when that exactly when that dropped. But, uh, I believe it was tw- 2017. Ah, all right, sure. I, I trust you because I have recorded so many podcasts over the past five years. They all run together. Um, but, uh, Lucy, what's your background with Persona 4? So uh, Persona 4 was actually one of the first games I picked up as a long um, form RPG fan. Uh, Somebody had given me Final Fantasy VI and watched me in terror as I played through it. Not that they're on this podcast or anything. 
Um, I got then Persona 4 um, as something to do as an un, uh, unwind. Got all the way to the final battle. Had my PlayStation 3 uh, get the yellow ring of death. Oh, um, no. Get a new PlayStation 2 just to beat the ga- go through and beat the game. Beat it again as Persona 4 Golden. Persona 4 Ultimax. And... Uh, basically got known for uh, drawing terrible, terrible Dojima art online, which uh, my poor roommate has yet to live down. <laughs> Speaking of your poor roommate, uh, Hillary, what's your uh, background and appreciation of Persona yes. 4? I mean, I've been into RPGs for a really, really long time, but I was a bit late trying out Persona 4. It wasn't until at least a few years after it came out. I was visiting some friends in North Dakota there was not a lot to do. We played Persona 4. <laughs> it was my first Persona game. I got completely hooked and didn't mind that that's how we spent our time and found a copy immediately after I got back and beat it. And then that inspired me to go on and play 3 and then Eternal Punishment, which I still need to finish, and 5. All right, and Joe, your turn. What's your background with Persona 4? Well... Uh, <laughs> my first week, my first week of college, I went to an anime club meeting, and they're like, "What should we watch?" Oh, let's watch um the first Persona Three movie. And I was like, "Okay, I don't know what Persona is, so watch that." I thought it was awesome. I watched the other movies. I didn't know Persona was a game series at this time. <laughs> um, and then I picked up Persona Four a couple of years later. Um, played through about half of it. Um, then college got in the way, and then uh, I picked up Persona 4 Golden last year and just completed it uh, six weeks ago on Vita. Awesome. I hmm, I, I guess I want to add a small addendum to my thing. Uh, again, Persona 3 was the first Persona game I played all the way through. That was, I think, I think 2012, and then I was very keen to play more, so I bought Persona 4 on the RPG fan forum off of uh, off of someone named Stephanie Sabidlo. <laughs> <laughs> I bought I bought her Canadian copy of Persona 4 uh and and played through that twice in a row then I got, uh, a, a year or two later I got golden and played that played that twice in a row. What uh, made it Canadian? Did they say eh at the end of all no, the, the you, you know they're, they're all the same cuz uh, like uh, North American game consoles all use the same uh formatting stuff but Maybe the back of the box had instructions in French. It's just, <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I I played this game for the first time on Steph Sabidlo's copy, and now that uh, I don't know, maybe I should give it back to her and thank her. <laughs> it's, Aww, that, it's, that was uh, I think seven years ago. I'd have to I'd have to I don't know, check my PayPal or something. But back to this. Um, Persona Four is basically a murder mystery RPG where uh, there are two mysterious deaths at the beginning of the game, and the main character, who is a nameless uh, new arrival to the town of Inaba, makes some friends in town, and they all sort of decide to uh, solve the crimes, which have a supernatural bent to them. Uh, I don't want to go over every th- little thing about Persona Four because that would take far too long, but I'm going to try and give you the- a brief synopsis of what happens in the game from Adachi's perspective. And uh, this is for everyone's benefit, including the listeners, and I I really hope this is two minutes and not ten minutes. But in general, 
Um, Adachi arrives in town uh, somewhat earlier than the protagonist does. He he meets a gas station attendant. Then uh, the there's a scandal in the area where a politician named Namatame uh, has a has an an affair that's made public with a uh, with a newsreader named Mayumi Yamano. So for a while, Yamano requires a police detail, and Adachi is one of the people in that police detail. Now Adachi is. A, a, a creep, uh, a bad guy, just a, a, a lot of those things, but keeps it bit, a bit bottled up. And he had a bit of a celebrity crush on Yamano. So while he was in her police detail, he visited her in her hotel room. Um, there was an altercation, and he accidentally shoves her into the television. And Yamano disappeared into the devel- television to the surprise of everyone involved. Because somehow Adachi and two other people uh, were given the ability to access a secret dimension that that is entered through a television. And a few days later, after a foggy day, Yamano mysteriously appears dead on a tele- on a uh, I think I think a TV antenna or a radio tower or something. Adachi's not really sure how this happened, but uh, later when he, he uh, is interviewing Saki Konishi, the young woman who found y- uh, Yamano um, Yamano's body. At, at, at a police station alone and decides to sort of test the what happened to Yamano again and shoves her into the TV. And sure enough, she appears dead, I think, on a water tower this time a few days later. And Adachi's like, well, this is crazy. If you shove someone into the TV, they appear dead a few days later. And because, and because uh, Adachi is a bad guy and a bit of a sadist, when he solicits a call from uh, Namatame, the, poli- the politician who was having the affair with Yamano, Adachi sort of talks Yamatame into the idea that, oh yeah, the people you see trapped in the TV, they're going to die unless you can save them. And you, can, and you save them by pushing them into the TV. And he heavily suggests this in his conversation with Namatame, which leads to Namatame kidnapping five people and throwing them into the TV. Namatame thinks this is saving them, but really it's endangering their lives, just how Saki Konishi and Mayumi Yamano died. Now... Where the main characters come in, uh, our hero and his friends from school are uh, realize that uh, that going into the TV is basically a death sentence for, for someone unless they are freed from the TV world before it rains. So those five people that Namatame threatens the lives of, they have to go one by one, go into the television and rescue them. Right, because they're they're also seeing the signs like at midnight. Yes. They're turning on, they're tuning into the midnight channel and seeing the same thing that Namatame is, but they see it they understand what's going on with the TV world a little bit better, so they know they need to get the person out. Yeah, because of some kind of collective subconscious thing, uh, people are seeing people from from recent news reports on the TV when it's turned off at midnight on, on, on rainy days, and Namatame sees this as a signal that people need to be rescued and thrown into the TV, while the investigation team takes this as, oh, these, these people could be the next victim. We need, to, we need to rescue them from the TV world. And uh, it's the investigation team that has it right, and Namatame, who was, coer- who was tricked into doing this by Adachi. And uh, Adachi pushes a third person into the TV, a young man named Mitsuo, who is another creep, um, but is a bit of a red herring designed to throw the investigation team off of his trail. But eventually, uh, the investigation team confronts Namatame when they're rescuing uh, the main character's adorable cousin, Nanako. And Namatame, is, who's been having a real rough 2011, or whatever year this takes place in, uh, Namatame sort of uh, breaks down mentally, eventually, uh, and if you... Do the uh, the end game December what is it December sixth December ninth what, what, what if you do that uh, event correctly 
Um, the investigation team realizes that there's still missing pieces to the puzzle. They allow Namatame to live because there's a there's a very dark moment when you almost throw him into the TV himself. And through some more interviews and investigation, they realize that Adachi is the person who killed Yamano and Saki, and they pursue him into Adachi's dark TV world to confront him. There's a little bit more to the story, but we'll get into that later. This uh, Adachi starts out as a killer of two people, and then a manipulator who almost kills five or six others. And that is the core uh, plot of Persona 4, trying to stop this serial killer slash kidnapper um, before the next victim uh, falls. So... I apologize for that long soliloquy, so that's the time for uh, other people to talk. L- looking at Adachi specifically, uh, we're going to go into the first villains category. Is Adachi scary? What makes him scary, if he is, and is he an effective villain? Like, do we fear and hate him to a degree? Uh, Joe, you go first. My first, I, my first impressions of Adachi, which I think a lot of people would share, is just he's he's a bumbling, incompetent cop essentially you know he he is he's for his job he spills information about cases to the citizenry and he doesn't come across as scary he you don't really think too much of him at first it starts to seep in that there's something wrong here but up until that point he's just this sort of like ah there's a dachi kind of has this sort of um Barney from the Andy Griffith show sort of thing to him. Yeah, he's almost like Columbo until you realize that Columbo is smart. And but with with Adachi <laughs> it's like, oh, he's kind of a mess until you realize he's evil. Right, yes. Uh, Lucy, what are your uh complicated and certainly safe for work thoughts on Adachi? <laughs> um I think particularly with Adachi is that um yes, he starts out as somebody who you're not really sure what to make of him. He's sort of just this extra who you can uh, plod for information. Um, but I think in some ways that makes him scary. Um, Golden goes a little bit more into his backstory about the fact that uh, he, the last thing he wanted to do was be transferred out to the boonies. Um, and he really uh, felt that, you know, he worked uh, he worked hard in school he um studied hard and yet this is the best that he could do and he didn't feel that that was fair and that he felt that this was owed to him and i think for a lot of people it's scary and frightening because he is somebody who you could know and i personally have run into people with that uh, particular mindset and it frightens me and it's sort of taken to the next extreme, but Adachi is played very well in that you're not quite sure if he's, you know, when you go play the game a second time and you start looking at his lines, you start wondering whether or not he's doing this on purpose. He just doesn't care. Or if he's purposely trying to get you to get, um, to uh, play a game with him because he's just that smart and, really looks down on everybody else and then bored. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's full of contempt and mm-hmm. feeling that everything he's doing is beneath him makes him this, you know, I think brings out the uh, sadism in him that is partially attached to boredom. Like, uh, he hasn't been in town that much longer than the main character has. He, uh, 
he was transferred and feels like that his new role as a junior detective way in the sticks is is beneath him and i think that's why he got a rise out of uh out of killing amano for the first time and and uh manipulating namatame instead of do mm-hmm. instead of murdering more than like beyond a second victim and again this is you know they they flesh this out a bit in golden they also flesh it out in uh persona for the animation and uh, the manga that was produced um based on the game um a lot of uh adachi's uh, motivation is boredom but it's also that he's feels like he's owed something that yeah. he um really want uh, feels that you know when he's first killing amano that he deserves um her that you know he she went after somebody um who didn't deserve her and the fact that she portrayed him is why he throws her into the tv and that um his big speech at the end when he is confronted is very much about being owed um what he feels is rightfully his yeah and part of the reason why he so dislikes the uh, protagonist is that you know when uh, the protagonist comes into uh, his uh, it it comes into his uncle's uh, life his uncle suddenly doesn't spend as much time with Adachi and that's one of the things that is hinted at is that Adachi was purposely screwing up paperwork and uh, such to make sure that uh, Dojima wasn't coming home yeah it's one of those really um, sort of you're you're not it's never explicitly said but you're going holy crap did he plan all of this out and that he's really that petty and it really is scary because you're not quite sure and you're not and the fact that you can possibly be you know aren't sure about it makes it him to be even scarier for me i th- i think the only things i would add to that is well first thing yeah it's it's that sense of entitlement and that complete lack of empathy that I think is the hands down scariest thing about Adachi. You know, yeah. he doesn't give a crap about anyone. Um, Th- that, that lack of empathy, I think, is really key here. Um, he, like, everything he acts for is to alleviate boredom or out of a strange selfishness. Right. And uh, it's it, he has some kind of psychosis or maybe antisocial personality disorder. I don't know. But uh, uh, late, in, yeah, yeah, late in the game, um, when you meet uh, sort of another villain, they say that they gave Persona powers to three people, one person full of hope, one person full of despair, and one person full of emptiness. And Adachi is the one full of emptiness. He doesn't feel – I don't think he fe- he can really feel anything other than I don't, I'm, I'm, maybe maybe sexual gratification or and and maybe um, from committing acts like uh, like like murder or manipulation. But he does have like there's some weird qualities to him in how he kind of perceives the good and bad in people. Like he relishes tossing Mitsuo in TV, just as he uh, you know, relished tossing Saki in there. Um, but I think he views them, you know, he views them vastly differently in terms of um, the kind of people out there. He thinks Mitsuo is terrible, but he doesn't really have, uh, I don't think, a a terribly negative view of Saki. And I think it just speaks to that, more of that void that he has where he's, there is something, there is something that he's feeling, but he kind of wants to feed into the void 
in him more than anything else. So, Joe, do you think Adachi is scary or effective? I think he's. I think he's effective. I think he's scary when he becomes. I think he's scary when um, his true intentions and what he's done all throughout the game have been revealed. Yeah, it's uh, tra- it's a transformative help. moment when mm-hmm. uh, when you sort of realize Adachi's the killer and then confront him in the TV world. Like his portrait changes, his manner of speaking changes. It's a. Uh, it, it's a cre- it's creepy. That's when I sort of got creeped out enough by Adachi or found him scary enough that uh, he really seemed threatening because he goes from being not threatening at all to very threatening in a matter of minutes. An interesting th- also, uh, thing is that when they uh, you if you play uh, Persona 4 or Ultimax, there's the Adachi episode where you can play partially as Adachi. And you get a little bit of a glimpse into his uh, thought process. And he is frighteningly smart. And uh, like he's um, being interrogated at this point. It's it's after the events of Persona 4. They're still trying to pin stuff on him. uh, Because, you know, there isn't a lot of evidence. Because it all happened in this mysterious TV role that nobody else believes in. Mm. And he just turns the other interrogations on their their heads because he's just he's he knows all their tactics he knows what they're supposed to do and they want and knows what answers they want out of him and they're trying desperately and one other interesting point from ultimax that comes up is that they talk about if they're going through the stuff that they found him in his apartment and one of the things they find is a modified uh replica gun uh, so that it would actually shoot. And apparently, Adachi joined the police force to be able to shoot guns because yeah. he thought that was cool. And it was one of those, oh, <laughs> this guy uh, is so terrifying. He didn't even join the police force for a noble goal. He wants to be able to shoot and hurt people. He wants that power. And I think that's one of the scary things about him. All right, so... We basically agree that Adachi's scary. He's a, a serial killer that might maybe resembles other serial killers from real, from real life or fiction, from the psychosis to his to to his contempt to his methods. But let's talk about his uh, exactly what Adachi does. The next category is called worst behavior. What do we think is the most awful thing Adachi does in Persona Four? I'll give I'll give a couple starting suggestions, and you can add to the list if you want. Um, first of all, uh, killing Mayumi Amano. Second of all, killing Saki Konishi. <laughs> Third of all, manipulating Namatame into this whole uh, wild goose chase that is most of Persona 4's plot. Or, uh, uh, I guess, four, um, betraying the trust of Dojima, the main character, and all these other people uh, while sort of concealing the truth from them. Uh, which of those do you think is the, mo- is the worst thing he does, or do we have other suggestions uh, for candidates? The older woman with the cabbage is really nice to him, and he shouldn't be such a jerk. <laughs> Just because he doesn't like tarot. Oh my god. Him buying cabbage from Jeunesse is a recurring theme in the game that I think they go even more into in Golden, because Golden has an Adachi social link that isn't present, that isn't present in the original game. But, I don't know, I still think killing a lady is worse than being mean about cabbage. Oh yeah, I, I'm being very flippant, but I'd say that I'd say that his first, I mean, Mayumi Yamano was probably, 
probably the worst because it's because it's debatable that her being thrown into the TV may have been a better outcome than what he may have done because as you hinted at with the fact that he probably feels um, like he probably feels uh, sexual attraction and desire and such and th that situation looked like it could have spiraled into something really awful as well. Now there I'd have to uh, I'm going to have to argue with you Joe because I think that um, I do agree that that was horrible though you know depending on which media you're talking uh, uh, it, it's sort of we're not entirely sure if Adachi knew what would happen when he threw somebody into the TV for the first time um, so when that happened uh, Amano was was bad the fact that he did it to Sachi Kanishi knowing what would happen to her and for the simple fact that she had ju uh, just witnessed something mm -hmm. and again depending on the media may have been that um Adachi hit on her and she didn't return his affections. And yeah, I, 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 I don't know if he, if he really had really specific intent, uh, intent with Saki, but it, it does, I, I think he does come on to her and she rejects him immediately, which, you know, only makes him more confident in his decision to push her into the TV. Right. And at that point, he knows what happens to uh, the people who get uh, shoved in. He's seen someone end up dead. Already. And he actually looks forward to it. Um that I think was the word. It was the the scariest for me because when looking back on it and when he's admitting to it, it's just horrifying because it's not a, a, a crime of passion. It's something that he knew what was going to happen and he was calculating and just awful about it. And it's yeah. I think you could almost kind of continue that argument as far as Namatame though, because that's, I mean had everything gone the way he thought it was going to go, that would have resulted in five more, I think, deaths that were right. premeditated in that way. I, so just, it's all bad. I agree it's all bad, but I think the person <laughs> I'm, I'm closest to siding with is Hillary because uh, what he did to all of them is awful. And with Amano, it may have resulted in, uh, in rape or worse, but I, I, th I sort of also hesitate because Adachi would have been caught easily uh, and, and, I, and I think he is interested in, in protecting his, uh, his, you know, his, uh, in it, like he, he's not, he doesn't want to go to jail. Um, but I, what happened to my, to Mayumi Amano was an accident. And what happened to Saki Konishi was a continuation that might've been try to confirm that that's what happened. Like, like, like testing, uh, testing a hypothesis even, um, or, or, <laughs> or like, like, like her death was maybe almost an experiment. And then with Namatame, he had a better idea of what happened with the TV world, but didn't but didn't want to be caught doing it. So he's manipulating this 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 person full of despair into doing it. And uh, maybe Namatame would have realized how wrong he was um, if his first victim, who's uh, um, the main character's friend Yukiko, uh, if Yukiko had died, maybe Namatame would have uh, would have stopped. But uh, Adachi tried to have five or more people die completely uh and with his hands completely clean in his manipulation of namatame and i i, st I think that because that has the most intent and is the most devious p plot I, I sort of think that's the worst thing he does i i also have a flippant answer though if you don't mind me showing that really oh quickly. please he's worse adjusting to the countryside than yosuke Oof. yosuke is a teenage boy <laughs> 
and and what um and what I was uh saying more so with Mayumi Yamano is the fact that he didn't know what was going to happen mm -hmm. with the TV. So if that hadn't happened, um, because he didn't know that, oh, Mayumi Yamano is going to go into this TV, what would have happened um, had that not occurred? What would he have done is what I think about in terms of, of Adachi being awful because of what that situation may have led to. I have another flippant answer for this question. Uh, the worst thing Adachi does is keep Dojima working too long and keeping uh, Nanako's dad away from Nanako. Yes. That's mm -hmm. the real crime here. Okay, but now we're going to take a very different angle to the questions here, and the next category is called Maybe They Had a Point. Is there any justification for Adachi's actions? Is there any way we can logic out a way that makes him if not the hero, at least giving him a, a, a tangible reason for what he does. And we're going to play devil's advocate real hard this time, which, which, is, which is true for every episode of Villains that we've done. But maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a little easier this time because at least Adachi's not a genocidal maniac like Luca Blight or Kefka. That's true. So do we think Adachi had a point? Um... I think, again, because he probably uh, has antisocial personality disorder or something similar, he probably thinks that uh, all of it's justified. In his mind, he, uh, he has a point, and everyone else is just getting in his way and interfering with his plans and games. Uh, other than that, I got nothing. He, I mean, he's a monster. <laughs> there, are, there are individual things that he says in like without context that I agree with in terms of him saying like, well, not that I agree with, but that could make sense in this world. Like he says, if crimes could be solved by appealing to morality, we wouldn't need the police. Now I don't agree with the second part of that, but I also um, don't, I don't fully agree that um, that morality is the answer to um, to fixing all wrongdoing in the world. You know, I think it's, you know, there's more to this about institutional power and uh, having those who have empathy and compassion in power. But there, there are little things like that. That's kind of the main one that comes to mind as having a kernel of truth to it, um, or at least something that I perceive. But overall, I'm, Overall, no, he is, he doesn't really believe in anything. And as myself, as all of y'all do, we believe in a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, I think it kind of stands in opposition to that. I think the one thing that I might agree with him is at one point he does say the world is not fair. Um, mm -hmm. When he's, he's explicitly thinking about his own experiences of, you know, he originally tried to work hard and didn't, get get anywhere we don't know actually how he did but you know the world is not fair and um that is true but that is no excuse for what what he did and uh the fact that he uh was perfectly fine with beautiful little nanako being shoved into the tv just yeah he gets no sympathy for me and the anguish you know it, it puts her family into and all of that and the loved ones of everyone that goes into the tv 
Yes. Yeah, my motivation for uh, completing each dungeon as I encountered them the first time I played Persona 4 started out as, oh yeah, I'm playing an RPG, I want to rescue a person, I'm going to go into the dungeon. And then, But then with Nanako's dungeon, it's like the sky darkened. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, you didn't. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. I'm going to <laughs> you up, Namatane. And because I did not know the uh, spoiler yet. But... Uh, yeah, <laughs> again, like, I think that there's justifications and, tr- and, um, and reasonable points to Adachi's worldview, but, but not his actions in the context of Persona 4. Yeah, it's, it's all about contracts. I mean, some of the things he's saying from a, from a point of enti- entitlement, from a viewpoint of entitlement about the world not being fair, about there being evil in the world, about good actions, maybe not necessarily meaning anything long term. All of that can be objectively true in some situations, but the point is that it's within your control to react or do actions to make it better rather than being like a dachi. Yeah, he's not interested in systemic change for justice or or good or truth. He is interest in, I don't know, he's interested in alleviating his boredom, being able to shoot people. Things that are, game. yeah, the th- things things that are much less justifiable than uh, some of the more general things he says. Uh, let's go into the next question now. In in, uh, in the Chase Serrano Villains podcast, this is called the Jason Statham question. I'm not sure what the best RPG equivalent of that of that is. Do <laughs> do, do we call it the Magus question? Maybe the I like it. Maybe, Beatrix question. The Beatrix question. Yeah. The the, the Golbez question. <laughs> um, but the, the point is, it's called the Jason Statham question because uh, Jason Statham is the main villain, or the actor that portraying the main villain in, uh, in I believe, Furious 7 of the Fast and Furious franchise. I'm not exactly the best Fast and Furious sco- scholar, so I apologize if I'm getting a detail wrong. But then, he, yeah, but then he, but then he joins the team, joins the family in the uh, in the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff and in and in uh, Fast 8 or. Uh, whatever the eighth one is called i i the nomenclature of that series is so confusing it's it, it's it's it, it makes legend of heroes look like uh oh yeah there was there was there was two batman movies um i mean it's almost be. as bad as bravely default and bravely second and oh, bravely yeah, oh no I, I think i think fast and furious is worse than bravely default bravely second bravely default too i'll, okay. I'll even if you throw in the even if you throw in the mobile games i think bravely default is easier than the fast and furious series to decode okay can Look, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. Is it easier? Yeah. Okay. Hearts. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Kingdom Hearts might be the Fast and Furious of of uh, of, of video game titles. That's Fast true. and Furious three five eight days over <laughs> to Tokyo Drift. If that was a re- if that was a real real movie, fans would be like, "Cool, is Han alive in this one?" Anyway, uh, the, the Magus, I, I sort of like the Magus question. Uh, so the Magus question for this, uh, for this episode, if circumstances were a little different, could Adachi have switched sides from evil to good and joined the investigation team? And again, this is only the fourth episode of RPG Villains we've done, but I think this is the best case for a yes answer to this question so far. Because... Well, I mean, if you play Ultimax, they actually mm-hmm. have him join in on the fighting on the team that is trying to actually save the world uh he does it very reluctantly and basically says yeah i'm tired i don't want to do this that's also a dlc scenario that uh i I believe right it's not in the main game well actually it is in the main game it's you only get to play as him 
if you get the DLC. Yeah, right. I, I knew he was a DLC character, but I, I didn't play that scenario. I, I played yeah. through Ultimax, but not the... Uh, and, oh boy, maybe the less we say about the story of the two Persona 4 <laughs> Arena games, the better. Yeah. Um, but, um... I don't, I, don't, I, I don't hate Labrys. I just hate that I had to play that story mode for 20 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Completely understandable. Um, but, I, you know, particularly in the way that that plays out is, again, he, you know, if he wasn't actively the villain... I think he wouldn't give a he wouldn't give a hoo ha about the investigation. He doesn't care. He doesn't have any of that motivating drive. Even if it was a chance for glory, I don't think he would really want to join. So it's a very reluctant yes. You know, if a lot of his his actions were driven by boredom, you know, if if there was a separate if there was another killer, like he still could have had these sort of, um, these sort of instincts or, or something, but could have been more of a, could have been more of a Dexter type figure. In, <laughs> I, I suppose. I mean, I think there is that possibility for him, but instead of like a sense of justice or morality, it's like, well, I want to alleviate boredom, and uh, I guess. Finding out who finding out who killed someone is better than me actually doing so, and I might get to do that for longer. So, well, okay, let, 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 let's keep this Dexter analogy going further because this is my wheelhouse here. Um, in, in season two of in season two of Dexter, uh, the Keith Carradine character is an FBI agent trying to catch Dexter, and Dexter eventually frames someone else for all the murders he's committed over the years. But in season four, Keith Carradine comes back so that him and Michael C. Hall, De- uh, who, the actor that plays Dexter, can unite against a new threat, who is uh, 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 Lord Farquaad, the dad from Thirty Rock, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, uh, John, John Lithgow? Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow. Yeah. So they they sort of unite against John Lithgow, which doesn't which does not which does not work out for Keith Carradine. Uh, spoilers for a, a TV drama from 15 years ago. But I, I think the point of how Adachi could join the team would, be, again, would have to be uniting against a common threat and Adachi, you know, maybe being bored of jail. Like, I, 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 uh, isn't, Izanami is the name of the true ending boss in Persona 4. And, I, uh, and, and Sho is the name of the uh, villain that's threatening to destroy the world in, in, uh, in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. I think that Adachi joining the team by busting out of jail or, or uh, either legitimately or, or illegitimately to join the team to stop Izanami or join the team to stop Sho, there is a kernel of feasibility there. There's a kernel of fe- feasibility, but when we talk about his boredom, his boredom is self-imposed. He, he, you know, he, he talks about being bored, but he doesn't, it's of his own volition. He's not actively, you know, the scenes we get of his apartment, he's not, he's just sitting there drinking beer. He doesn't try and do anything. Yes, I but, actually... I, but I think teaming up with the main character to defeat John Lithgow is less boring than prison. I think it was because he, he, he at that point, he was so limited by uh, prison. But even then, he had to be thrust into the uh, TV world by the villain. If he hadn't been that, I don't think he would have joined. Because hmm. Hmm. The only reason he gets into another TV is because somebody is pointing a gun at him. 
His his social inertia or ennui or whatever you want to call it is very <laughs> powerful indeed. I don't know if I could ever get that bored, where it's like I, I can either sit here and do nothing forever or uh, save the world that I've. Li- I don't know. I, I guess I, I've never I've, taught I've been, elementary education. I I have been. I mean, look my, my, for. My job has been looking at maps of manholes for hours a day uh, for a while now, but I don't think I've ever been quite as bored as Adachi feels, even in quarantine. Maybe I should rewatch Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Season 5 of Dexter, underrated, but season 6 of Dexter, properly rated as being really bad. Oh, boy. not, Not even Edward James Olmos could save that. But, I, I, I would uh, actually recommend uh, watching the Persona 4, the animation, uh, <laughs> they, just because it is a boatload of fun because they uh, play the protagonist uh, specifically using the sassiest prompts you pros- possibly could use. So the same way I did. <laughs> yes. And the one character they add to Persona 4, the animation, that finds her way into Golden is the delightfully uh, deadpan uh, Chinese f- uh, food delivery girl. Daya delivery girl, yes. yes. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> this is not about a delivery girl. This is about a dachi. Uh, um, <laughs> yes. I, I'm not, like, we're pretty sure he, he wouldn't have been the magus of this game, although he is sort of forced into that position in the extra scenario in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. I don't know. I, I still think he has a better chance of... Of being a, of changing sides than say Kefka or Luca Blight or Pokey, <laughs> but, yes. that, but that is an extremely low bar to clear. Yes, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think I think you assessed it right. He's the most likely of the four we've done so far. But he would do it uh, complaining the entire time. And he, I mean, and it's a very slight chance anyway. I think the circumstances would have to be aligned in a really narrow, specific way. All right, so uh, the next category or question is called bonus footage. And just like how uh, like a DVD box set of a, of a movie or, or series will have deleted scenes or extra scenes that weren't in the original release, um, what is some bonus footage of Persona 4 involving Adachi that is a scene or event we know that takes place but we don't actually see happen in the game that we, that we would be interested in seeing? Well, I think everybody knows my answer. It would be, you know, Adachi spending time with Do- Dojima. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, doing your Dojima Dojinshi. <laughs> Persona Four fandom seems to absolutely adore the uh, Adachi Dojima um, ship. I am not one of those people, uh, but it is an interesting sort of um, contrast between the two. I mean. The interesting thing about Persona 4 is we have a huge amount of uh, extra material that is given to us through Golden, the animation, uh, Golden, the animation, which we should never, ever talk about because it's terrible, um, the Ultimax uh, games. But even then, you know, there was more, I think, of, you know, things we don't get to see of Adachi that... um, I think everybody sort of agrees is likely like uh, going out to drink with the Jima um, getting re- you know, really, really bored really, really fast um, and sniveling at those gosh darn investigation team kids. Let's have a Scooby-Doo like chase sequence with him and them. <laughs> oh yes. In, in, uh, 
in his part of the TV world, just like running through corridors <laughs> while everyone in the investigation team is just, is just opening the wrong doors. <laughs> and opening up yes. onto cabbages. Yeah, I mean, that, that should have been a, a scene in the animation. Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the things that uh, I, I have to say I love about the, uh, everybody who seems to love this game is everybody enjoys Adachi with cabbages. <laughs> okay. So, so what I... do we think is the better cabbage inside joke? Uh, Persona 4 or Avatar The Last Airbender? Avatar. Mm. Avatar, yeah. Those are pretty yeah. good cabbages. I mean, Especially the fact if... that they, they turn it into Cabbage Corp in Korra it, yep. is just so the um, of greatness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I want to know how someone could spend so much time with wholesome, lovely Nanako and, and, and not be moved to see some a little bit more good in humanity. <laughs> So is your is your answer uh, Adachi play, like playing nice with Nanako? Yeah, I would really like to see that. I don't know if it ever actually happened in a non self serving way. Did it in Golden? Didn't a, he, a, uh... Yeah, in, in his uh, in his social link in Golden, there are scenes where the the protagonist Nanako and Adachi are hanging out, and Adachi like does a little magic trick, and uh, which which fascinates the perfectly wholesome Nanako. So there's like that's kind of like that, but I mean. I don't know. Maybe there's not a, a scene of him playing old maid with Nanako or something. <laughs> that that definitely may have happened. Uh, I, I I think my answer to this question is a little bit Scooby Doo. Um, like a, like the, we don't get a meddling kids scene with him where where we're aware of his identity. Like there there are scenes after you rescue someone from the labyrinth that you'll see like a shadowy figure figure in the rain saying damn it they get, they they got through again or something and that that's implied to be either Namatame or Adachi uh frustrated at the success of the investigation team i would kind of like to see Adachi in his apartment alone angry that Namatame hasn't killed successfully killed someone yet despite his his efforts but um I, but i don't know if that's in Adachi's personality he might be just enjoying Watching the investigation team struggle and Namatame just get deeper and deeper into this lie of of throwing people into the TV to save them. So, but Can I had one more thing. Oh yeah, please. I just it, this is uh, something that came up actually with a discussion of uh, is that when you fight Adachi, he's um, in the end game of the TV world. He's very adept at the TV world. So there has to be scenes of that we're missing of him climbing into the TV and, you know. Yeah, training or something. Yeah, Training or exploring. You know, yeah. He knows how to use his persona. It takes us nearly 60 hours to get to this point. I, you know what? I was always a little bit curious about that too. He he was relying on Namatame for like a big chunk of the game, but he he has that knowledge, so that would be interesting. You know, I'm changing my I'm changing my answer. I like that, Lucy. I, I want to see uh, Adachi like training and exploring in the TV world to sort of hone his skills or at least experiment with his skills there. That that's fascinating to me. I would like to see um, a bit of him in custody um, because of you know we get the letter. But there's some things that I'd like to see more of his thought process as to, in one of the endings, why he's cooperating with the police. And what, what led him to come to that decision that, um, that this was the move that he would take. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's more potential for this than I thought. Because, I mean, Persona 4 gives you so much text 
that it's almost I don't know. It's a little challenging to imagine what they don't give you, but I, but they, I, there was way more to explore here than I than I thought. But let's move on to the next category. Uh, this category is called regrets. This can be any character in the game, not just Adachi, just anyone in the game who has regrets about the events or situations that happened in Persona Four. Um, you you could say Adachi, Adachi for getting caught, or maybe he does have some regret about the murders he committed. But I, I'm less confident about that. The, the the two people I think are full of regret the most are uh, Namatame, who, when he realizes that what he's been doing is endangering people rather than saving them, and he's still full of regret for everything that happened to Yamano because he blames himself for her death. The poor man is uh, suffering for the entirety of Persona 4, and he only only feels worse when the investigation team stops him and he realizes that what he was doing was wrong. And the other person is Dojima, because Dojima has been trying to solve these murders, has suspected everyone from his own son to some of his son's classmates, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, his daughter, the complete light of his life, almost dies during the course of the investigation, only for the, the the answer to hit him like a truck that it was his junior detective partner Adachi behind all of it or most of it is just a hammer and and when he when uh, um, Naoto and the main character sort of confront Adachi about it and and uh, um, Dojima is with is present but he's injured I think he's wearing I think he's using crutches or something yep. and mm-hmm. uh, Adachi just flees and you hear Dojima scream Adachi it's like oh no Dojima's realizing that. The answer was under his nose the whole time, and because Dojima is, is a detective and a and a professional and has both professional pride and and uh, all kinds of feelings for his lovely daughter who was a, who almost died. Uh, who does die? Yeah, if, if yeah she dies in. in the, find out who the true murderer was. Right. If you get the bad ending with the wrong dialogue choice. Um, in the Namatame uh, interrogation, the, Na- the Naoko, I'm sorry, the Nanako dies, but she sort of, I believe she, uh, like, it, uh, mm, I, I believe, like, her heart monitor goes flat, and then she revives uh, shortly after, if you do get the right ending. So it's a, it, it's a huge scare, at least. But, no matter yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, Namatame and Dojima leap out at, to me as being full of regret, but uh, do, are there any other characters that have just a lot of regrets over the Adachi investigation. I'm I'm curious whether the protagonist would have regrets depending on the ending. Um, I think specifically in reference to the accomplice ending. Yeah. Right, yeah. If, what, if you... exactly, what exactly... I, I'm not sure. I think it's really interesting that we have the accomplice ending in the game. Yeah. But what exactly is... What exactly was the developer's intent with that? And what is supposed to be going through Yu's head right now? I I think, I well, to get the accomplice ending, you have to complete most of Adachi's social link. And then when you have the opportunity to, pres- to confront Adachi, uh, instead of revealing him as the killer, you sort of deliberately pass and then you have a goodbye scene with Adachi with him flee, uh, leaving town. And you burn up his letter. And yeah, and you burn up the letter that could be incriminating. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think it's sort of for fan service reasons. Like, uh, there was fan interest in, if not a relationship, then at least uh, the protagonist interacting with Adachi more. So they sort of threw fans a bone by giving this non-canon 
almost evil ending that I I don't love, but uh, it's it's at least <laughs> I mean if, I, I'm I'm sure that's en- that's enough fuel for the fan fire to create a lot of interesting fiction and art as a result. Yeah. Uh, yep. I I have strong feelings. Uh, about that ending yeah i I, I was almost gonna give a flippant ending saying the player's gonna have regrets if they get that ending because it just it bothers it it does kind of bother me i i don't think it holds a lot of water narratively but that's just personal opinion it's it's not it's not a great friendship that they forge in that in that uh social link although it is something i guess and basically you're you're making the choice of this friendship and uh this person adachi is more valuable than the murder and kidnapping of several people (laughs) i think it kind of goes i think kind of goes to this idea of duality in it um how the kind of dark ways in which adachi is supposed to reflect you you know most most obviously with the with you having izanagi and adachi having magatsu izanagi um but I also agree that it's not a great ending, and I didn't get it in my game. I got a good ending, but um, you know, I watched it on YouTube, and mm-hmm. well, I thought it was interesting. And it's you know, it's it's more content, and that's what we're all craving, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it it doesn't have it doesn't have as many threads as you would like to see. I agree. I feel it's it was mostly thrown in as a bum. Um, it is a one that you know I have gotten. I tried all three uh, of the original endings. I just could not bring myself to do the accomplice ending. Um, and uh, getting back to the question as far as regrets, you know, I do agree that Dojima really has a huge amount of regrets, um, particularly when you. Um, uh, get the sense that he really tried to reach out to Adachi and he takes it personally when Adachi's uh, revealed because he feels like he failed Adachi in some way. And that's why he shows up in the arena games um, going to visit Adachi um, in prison because he feels like he, this is somehow his fault, which, you know, my precious cinnamon roll did nothing wrong. Um, But uh, it's an interesting, um, sort of two sides of uh, the coin of, you know, they're both cops, but Adachi and Dojima are very, very different. And it plays out really interesting. Like, Okay. And let's go beyond the, uh, the ending where you apprehend Adachi a little bit, because the game's not quite over yet. If you uh, unlock the final dungeon in the epilogue, in again, this is, we all know this already, but for uh, just so that it's out in the open, um, the gas station attendant just outside town is really the goddess Izanami in disguise. Like continuing the um, the, the the truth fog meta- dual metaphors in this game, Izanami granted persona powers and the ability to enter the TV world to the main character Adachi and Namatame, and then just sort of decided to see what happens and see if uh, humanity is more interested in living in a fog of, of, uh, of lies or being revealed to uncomfortable truths. So, uh, but it basically, the epilogue is um, the protagonist and other main characters sort of uh, deciding to investigate the last few unanswered questions, prompted in part by the letter from Adachi. 
uh, and then eventually challenging Izanami, and because the protagonist's persona is Izanagi, this ties into a an old um, like Shinto creation myth of uh, of the god Izanagi and the goddess Izanami of sort of creation and and uh, destruction, life and death. And, but it, it and it ends up being a you know big shadowy dungeon, big uh, sort of abomination style uh, Japanese RPG final boss battle. But uh, because of this Izanami quest, uh, element, you could call into question, is Adachi the main villain of Persona 4? Uh, if not Adachi, then maybe is Izanami the main villain? Because she set all of this into motion by granting mortals uh, supernatural powers and watching it play out. Is Namatame the main villain for creating a lot of the conflict in the center of the game? Or is Nanako the main villain because she's sle- brainwashed all of us into loving her and she will eventually become <laughs> the, hege- the hegemon of the entire world and we will have no choice but to follow her? Well, that's a, this is where I get to uh, break out this really obscure knowledge that I have. Um, mm, hit me. In Persona, 4, in Persona 4, the animation, Nanako and Izanami share the, vo- uh, the same voice actress. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, that is a um, that is a little bit of a twist, maybe of the Mayan idea that the protagonist and Adachi both same share the same voice actor, with with, yes. with the twist being that the protagonist is mostly a silent protagonist, with most of his dialogue taking place in battle. So it's it, it's possible that you can't recognize in the English version uh, Johnny Young Bosch as voicing two key characters uh, in in that game, and there's a similar thing in Persona Three where uh, another character attached to the main villain is the same voice as the protagonist, who goes on to voice Yosuke in Persona 4, which is confusing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say, uh, this has been a question that's gone around for years, and I honestly think that Izanami, while she did uh, start th- uh, uh, things off, she she only planted the seed. It was uh, Adachi who decided to use the powers given to him for the worst possible means. So I still say it's Adachi is the and true villain. Ex- and exploit another point of the trifecta of persona powers too mm-hmm. so much. I suppose it's kind of a question of um do you kind of blame do you blame Izanami as this wheel for setting things in motion? Um, or do you blame Adachi for continuing to to let this spin out of control? Um, and I'd be more so on the idea of Adachi because, yeah, Izanami, it is just kind of seeds and whispers, um, but it really is Adachi's actions um, that he took to make him the main villain. Well, and I think the game thematically like makes that perfectly, perfectly clear. There's a lot in a game about choice and the bonds you make. And two people had the same powers and one made very different choices from the other. So um... well, three people had powers. Well, and, yes. Yeah. And some people argue that um, the, uh, the fog um, shadow that comes out of Adachi was somehow... Uh, spurring Adachi on, but I personally don't prescribe to that uh, idea and think that it was all Adachi, all Adachi time. I, I forget the name of the uh, of the of the fog monster that's at the end of Magatsu Inaba also, but I, I believe they were sort of acting as an agent of Izanami, where, where sort of Izanami sort of stopped 
being an abs- uh, absent from the conflict and decided to sort of just inject a little bit of interest to see if um, the protagonist could overcome a more direct interve- intervention from her. But I, I still basically agree with the, with the panel here. Uh, Adachi's the main villain because, like, Izanami was a semi-interested observer who gave superpowers to lab animals to see what happened, while Adachi was moving this in a more direct manner and was using his uh, powers to kill people or influence others to kill people, which is, I, I think, makes him the central villain of Persona 4. Yep. So, I think we've answered all of the questions here. Uh, what are our final thoughts on Persona 4 and Oradachi? I'll go first. I love this game. It's problematic. There are parts that I wish in a rewrite would be removed or adjusted uh, for, for modern audiences. Um, but uh, I really love the characters in this game and where it, what it hits from thematic perspectives and just a moment and sort of a, like a moment-to-moment you're basically acting out uh, a full season of a of an anime drama. I, I I love all of those parts of it, and I think Adachi is a scary, loathsome villain, and, and who also is a compelling whodunit. Like when I'm playing, when I played this game for the first time, I I was spoiled a little early on the identity of the villain, but not for my whole time playing the game. I wanted to know who the killer was, mm-hmm. and I and I think that this is a and because I mean, of course, I love whodunits. I mean, just look at the television shows I talk about in this podcast, but. Um, like it's a good whodunit, and Adachi hits the right notes of being, of you know, skipping over red herrings and appearing incompetent, and then making the transformation to being just this hate hateable villain to like you know making you question him a little bit in the epilogue of the game, even though I still basically still dislike him. He's a great villain in a great RPG, and uh, I'm. Yeah, even I don't like Adachi, but I like him as a uh, as a villain in this game. Yeah, I th- I think that Adachi is an effective villain. He's not the best part of what I think is a really great game. And people who have heard me, especially on this podcast, know that there are, um, you know, I probably have certain feelings about some characters and how they're characterized. Um, but when this game is kind of firing on all cylinders and at its best, it is uh, a really good game. And though uh, Adachi may just be one part of that, he is an effective part of the package. And I think he is a very good RPG villain. I mean, you two have summed up my feelings very well. Um, I think... Adachi is a good villain for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, also because of the way he fits in with the themes of the game, kind of like I, I mentioned briefly earlier. He really highlights the best parts of, of the investigation team. I think he's a good foil. I think the entire RPG fan uh, staff knows that I am a Persona 4 fangirl. I absolutely adore this game. Um, I talk about it nonstop uh, to the point that it's sort of when this uh, podcast was being discussed, my my name immediately came up for this podcast. Um, I do think that, um, as everybody said, there are problematic elements that, uh, you know, could easily be updated uh, for the game, but overall it is 
a wonderful, wonderful, and by far my favorite Persona g- uh, game. Um, I think that Adachi is particularly effective because he his motivation is something that uh, I think a lot of people have encountered in some form, uh, particularly online and um, in their daily dealings. And my one biggest regret is the fact that they never uh, gave Dojima a persona. Gosh, darn it. Um, I, you know, you, you, I you're feeling, uh, I guess, Hierophant or Arcana. Hmm. I mean, I, I, nothing uh, upsets me more than the fact that they were planning to put Dojima as a playable character ha! in the arena games with Nanako as his summon, but got uh, the uh, makers of the game got shot down by Optimus, and I'm never going to forgive them for that. I I have an unfortunate problem of saying of mixing up Axis, Arxis, and Atlas. Not 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 mixing them up content wise. I know I know what each of them make. But they just sound so similar that I'll accidentally say one over the other, and and it's worse worst between Arc System Works and Axis. But <laughs> uh, I, I would have liked to see that. I also wouldn't have mind seeing him take a more active role in the Persona Four Dancing game, which uh, which does oh, have man. which does have playable Nanako and playable Adachi in it. Um, you only get a Dojima mask, which yeah. isn't the same. There, there is a, a Dojima outfit for the main character, also. Yes. Um, but uh, definitely not enough. But uh, I think what we have had enough of is this podcast. Uh, we we basically agreed Adachi is a good villain and a bad person, while Nanako is a terrible villain but the best person. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for now. Listeners, thank you so much for allowing us to wax poetic and analytical on uh, on, Ad- on Adachi, the Persona 4 killer. Um, I had a lot of fun talking about this. I really like doing these villain episodes and would like to do more. Uh, please hit us with suggestions on Twitter or via email, uh, retro at RPGfan.com. And thank you, panelists, Lucy, Hillary, and Joe, for joining me on this. This was a lot of fun. It definitely was. <laughs> but... Speaking of Persona things, um, next week we're doing an episode on the music of the Persona series. But but Solosi, you may ask, there's already a music podcast that hasn't had a new episode in four years. What are you doing? Well, what we're doing exactly is reviving Rhythm Encounter. Um, Rhythm Encounter is making a comeback this month, September 2020. I'm not sure if this episode is before or after um, the Rhythm Encounter comeback because that's... The dates are, we're recording this a little bit early, so there's, a, there's still some dates up in the air. But regardless, whether an episode exists or not, you should, you should subscribe or resubscribe or take a look at, uh, at the Rhythm Encounter feed because it will be updating every two weeks starting very soon if it hasn't already started. But to coincide with the launch, Random Encounter and Retro Encounter are each doing their own music episode to just sort of be there in solidarity with the Rhythm Encounter relaunch. Retro Encounter's episode in that relaunch is all about Persona music. Um, we haven't recorded it yet, but we're bringing on uh, nine Persona tracks that we are going to celebrate and deliberate, and it's going to be really, really fun. I can't wait to record that soon. Every day is great with your Junas. One, one might say we're going to be Every day, all young night. life, Junasu. <laughs> Um, I think the the intent is for um, random and retro to be before the relaunch, okay. but in any case, it's a lot of fun music coming your way. Yeah. So uh, so if if not if it's not out already, it will be coming soon. September twenty twenty, Rhythm Encounter is coming back. 
for the first time since 2017. And that's exciting. What was also exciting is later this month, we're doing two episodes on Persona 2 Innocent Sin. That uh, I played the game a couple years ago, and it is super good. Uh, so I'm sure that discussion is going to be awesome. And uh, coming in October, this is probably... Now that Suikoden 2 is behind us, and Kingdom Hearts is behind us, I think this was the most requested game for Retro Encounter over the past, I don't know, year and a half, maybe full year. Fantasy Star 4, the end of the millennium, probably the most celebrated RPG for the Sega Genesis, depending on your feelings on, I don't know, Shining Force and Landstalker, uh, is coming to Retro Encounter. We are doing two episodes on Fantasy Star 4 in October. I have not completed a single Sega Genesis game in my entire life other than Golden Axe, so that's going to be an experience for me. I was the opposite of a Sega kid. I, I never had a Sega console growing up, and I bought a used Dreamcast for a while just to play Skies of Arcadia and a whole bunch of Power Stone. But that, that is not here nor there. What is definitely here is Fantasy Star 4 coming in October. And I guess we can talk about one other future episode. Uh, um, pretty recently, our episode 250 poll ended, and the winner was Baten Kaito's Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. So I'm pretty sure the first episode of 2021... Um, January 2021 is going to be t- is going to be Baten Kaitos, so expect two Baten Kaitos episodes in about four months. So uh, I mentioned before you can email us retrorpgfan.com to contact us. You can also comment on the message boards, visit the RPG Fan Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Twitter page, our Discord server, our Twitch channel. Something streaming on that Twitch channel every day. Please engage in RPG Fan however you please. You can also uh, check out our other fine podcasts, Random Encounter about randomness every two weeks, Rhythm Encounter soon to return about RPG music every two weeks, and also Phoenix Edge, a weekly podcast mostly focused on current events. Review Retro encounter or those three other podcasts on itunes or google play or however you are listening to us give us feedback please so panel uh, let's say goodbye to all the nice listeners by sharing our social media information that we are willing to share starting with you hillary all right um you can definitely email hillary at rpgfan.com or i am epfire on discord and joe you can find me on uh, RPG Fan social media accounts on Facebook and Twitter, and you can also find me personally on Twitter, uh, Discord, and Instagram as at EvilEast. I will take all Kingdom Hearts queries that were supposed to be for Mike Solosi for myself. Put that on my back. Your burden is appreciated. And Lucy, share your demon contract. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, indeed. Uh, like Joe, you can find me at uh, RPG Fans uh, social media on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and Discord as J- uh, uh, Jess Idres, J-E-S-I-D-R-E-S. Um, and y- you can find all of my Dojima fan art, hopefully not easily. <laughs> and with that, the contract is sealed. Welcome to the Velvet Room. <laughs> okay, if we're comparing our villain laughs, the podcast is definitely over. Thank you. Good night. And good luck. <laughs>